0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Interesting week in Ukraine with the war and uh, some big victories were told by the Ukraine Army against Russian. Uh, We had stories, anecdotal stories about Russians simply dropping their weapons and running uh, from the oncoming Ukraine Army, uh, which begs the question, what's going to be happening next? We're going to get to that in just a second. But uh, this late last week before he we went to London for the funeral of Queen Elizabeth, U.S. President Joe Biden met with family members from WNBA star Brittany Greiner and uh, family members also from another American detained in Russia, Paul Whelan. Ben Thomas has details for us. The meetings at the White House are the first face-to-face encounter between the president and the relatives of Greiner and Whalen. Administration officials say they're meant to underscore Biden's commitment to bringing the two home and to establish a personal connection, but not an indication negotiations with Russia for their release have reached a breakthrough. On that, national security spokesman John Kirby. We made a serious offer. Uh, we want them to accept it. Frankly, uh, these two individuals ought to be home anyway, period. Uh, but. We understand that uh, there's a, that's probably going to have to be the result of a negotiating process, one that we're willing to participate in honestly and fully, and we've been doing that. and We wait. We, we await them to, to to take the offer that's on the table. Ben Thomas, Washington. I want to bring Elliot Tepper into the conversation. Elliot, of course, is Emeritus Professor of Political Science at Carleton University. Uh, Elliot, always a pleasure. Thanks for the time today.
1: Uh, good morning, Bill.
0: You know, if this were Al-Qaeda, for instance, that was holding these two people and uh, or anybody else we'd say that this is just awful this is horrendous these these are terrorists this is a kidnapping it's 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 the same thing if not the same name when a government decides to illegally detain somebody on trumped up charges uh yet diplomacy is is what's needed i guess in a situation like this but there's got to be some some level of disgust here that this is even happening in the first place and this I know it ties very much into a number of discussions you and I had with the Chinese government and the two Michaels that uh, finally got resolved.
1: Yes, well, (laughs) we have multiple issues here. The first is that we have state-level arbitrary detention. One of the things we have to emphasize right off the top is that this is not a traditional spy versus spy uh, Cold War scenario. This is a situation of a state arbitrarily, deten- this is the technical term, arbitrary detention of innocent civilians in order to hold them for some kind of hostage swap. It's, it's a blackmail situation. It's important to note, as you did, that the US president himself is now personally involved for, with um, both of the cases of, of the two people uh, under question. At the very highest level of the American government, they are now concerned with the fact that Russia, <laughs> Russia, a state, not a terrorist organization officially has, although there's some moves to make that happen, uh, has arbitrarily detained people uh, just because they want to do a prisoner swap. So it's we have to start off at the top that this is not, as you did pointed out, Bill, that this is not a private group saying, hey, we've got your people, give us something. This is a state saying, we've got your people, give us something.
0: Oh, it's kidnapping, essentially. Uh, And, and, I mean, common sense would dictate that a lot of what's going on here, especially with the the latest uh, situation with Russia and uh, the two people we just mentioned, Whelan and Greiner, uh, Mm -hmm. had a lot to do, I'm sure, with the the sanctions against Russia after they invaded Ukraine uh, and the impact that that's having and and probably some of the comments made by President Biden at that time, too, about Putin.
1: The the um, situation gets even more complex because there are private efforts to go over and do something about it. We have two individuals, two Americans who have a track record of success in freeing hostages, although probably with quiet government backing behind them. Dennis Rodman, as you may recall, went off to North Mm -hmm. Korea, brought back some people and uh, former governor Bill Richardson uh, has had a post-governorship career, really, of going around the world and and helping release hostages, the U.S. government has has told them to back off, that we have uh, established channels and let the U.S. government handle this. The fact that Russia is willing to behave in this behavior at this time, keeping in mind they have other things to worry about in terms of the world thinking of them in a less than positive way, if I could put it gently, now they are joining, and this is kind of my big takeaway, there are states which are self-identifying as not willing to behave according to the norms of traditional international behavior, even under wartime or or Cold War conditions where spy versus spy might be considered, well, okay, you've got one of ours, we've got one of yours, we'll just swap them eventually. This is a different level of behavior, and it Sofa def- identifies these states as basically pariah states not willing to behave in a fashion that states that want to be considered seriously as players in the world uh, now behave in a way that makes them be basically disqualified, disqualified by any norms of international behavior as serious players, well, <laughs> responsible players.
0: Which is compounded by the story that we heard over the weekend, of course, about uh, it ties in with with what's going on in Ukraine right now. Since uh, Ukraine soldiers have have taken some of the uh, large swaths of territory in a couple of uh, cities and towns, uh, they found torture chambers and and mass graves uh, where the Russians were occupying for some time. Uh, So if you want to talk about, you know, rogue states and sort of the the, the sort of heinous behavior that's going on, I mean, this, this just underscores that whole process, doesn't it?
1: Yes. Uh, once again, we are seeing behavior of a state that says we are we want we want respect. We think Russia said you have to treat us as a world power, give us respect. And now look at the behavior, which is doing everything possible to undermine that respect. China did that, I think, with the two Michaels, uh, which of course involved Canada most directly, and therefore led to that arbitrary detention declaration. Seventy states now saying. Uh, we we have to do something about that. In the situation of Ukraine, we are, have entered a uh, a different stage. I think the success of Ukraine in the on the war front, on the battle front, is now revealing more human rights abuses. I I, I don't even Bill I, I don't even like the term human rights. It's it's as if oh well they have human rights problems, but we can deal with them elsewhere. These this is behavior that is not acceptable by by any state's uh, uh, norms, they are disqualifying Russia as a responsible player in the world, and China is associating themselves with Russia. Uh, The more this kind of behavior is unraveled, and I want to emphasize this as well, as soon as the Russian uh, forces retreat and Ukrainian forces go in, they bring with them at that time specialists in documenting war crimes, and we're seeing that. The... the, um, Next step, therefore, is the more Russia is, shows itself in the case of this hostage taking, which is not, thank you for bringing that up, it's it's not receiving a lot of attention, but also there's much more egregious behavior in Ukraine. The more that happens, the greater is the threat of what will a revealed uh, Russia, which desperately wants respect as a great power, as it besmirches itself and as it loses uh, battlefield advantages, as it shows it, as they are forced out the kind of behavior that they indulge in, if this is what the Russians are like, uh, will Ukraine, even the pro-Russian, initially at the start of this war, this, they, they went into the Russian-speaking areas to protect those areas, the Russian-speaking areas, they consider them Russians, Against the you know the, the Nazis, they are just revealing themselves as the kind of state that will never get the respect that they are now demanding. What will they do next? This is a big concern right now. The President of the United States gave a rare press conference and he said, "We are concerned that Russia will now consider chemical weapons and nuclear weapons, and we 're telling them don 't do it."
0: was that the message that uh, putin got over the weekend too from uh, from she and from uh, the the indian prime minister as well modi uh, they they showed support but and i use that term loosely you know uh, they did not condemn the russian actions certainly but i got the sense from some of the uh, uh, stories we're hearing from that was supposed to be a, a summit uh, that, that they both said the the message there seemed to be like enough is enough. I mean, you know, Modi was talking about peace efforts and uh, as as China was talking about, you know, ending the the conflict altogether. Uh, Those are his allies that are basically telling him that. What kind of a message does that send to Putin? and Does he get that message?
1: He is, he apparently uh, was a bit taken aback and he said he understands China's concern. uh, Keeping in mind that both China and India Are really helping that war machine along in a very major way because they are buying the oil that is being, energy supplies that are being blocked uh, in Europe. So, as Russia says, well, don't worry, we can always sell our oil and gas. And they're making major deals in terms of having to build new pipelines in order to reach uh, China through Kazakhstan and so forth. They are now being at least pushed back a bit by the, the people that are sustaining them. But keep in mind, those states are sustaining Russia. The uh, Indian case is particularly interesting to me because I'm, a, I'm an endologist of sorts, and this is the, what I've been teaching all my career. So the, the position of Mr. Modi is that we understand our dear, long friends, the ones who have been with us through thick and thin. That is, Russia supported us when others weren't. We have to be with them, but now we don't want to be associated with what you were just talking about, the kind of human rights atrocities that Russia is now now, uh, being revealed to have committed. Also, both Russia and China, I'm sorry, India and China have no real incentive to say, we really approve of neighboring neighboring states invading and occupying a neighboring state. Their their own national boundaries are absolutely sacred to them. Uh, That's key to their own international positions. So they are caught in the awkward position right now of supporting a state which has violated the core principle of their own sovereignty
0: uh it, which as you say both have threatened to do i mean india uh, along their borders and of course china just this past weekend when the uh, the 60 minutes interview with president biden where he talked about uh reaffirmed really his his position that the united states would support taiwan if there was an invasion didn't quite say how that was going to work out but <laughs> i mean that got an immediate reaction from from the chinese
1: yes uh, the uh the press always likes to jump on on President Biden's gaffes. Oh, there he did it again. But this is now the at least the fourth time that he has said we will defend Taiwan, which is then immediately uh, a statement comes out separately from the Department of State that, no, we have not changed our position of, of strategic ambiguity. We have not said we would definitely support Taiwan. But when the U.S. president says it four times, it is a message.
0: Well, absolutely, and you're right. I mean, they were they were scrambling to try to reiterate that policy and, and try to meld those two things together, uh, that the, the you know the quasi neutrality that uh, that they've tried to maintain, uh, but Biden's taken it one step further. But he that's consistent with what he was talking about when he was senator uh, of the Foreign Relations Committee too. I mean, he he hasn't wavered. Maybe it's the U.S. policy uh, that's been carved in stone that maybe needs some adjustment. I'm, I'm not sure where that's going to go.
1: We are in a Stepping back, back a half a step from everything we're talking about, Bill, we are in a very um, tense global situation right now. We have a superpower, nuclear-armed superpower, that is determined to get its way in Ukraine. It is not doing so, and it may take extreme steps. We have a China which is acting belligerently, uh, if I could put it gently, toward not just uh, Taiwan, but all the neighboring states. They basically want to close off the South China Sea from international commerce. They want to push America and its allies, that means us, out of the South China Sea to make it a Chinese lake. That's also a nuclear armed power, which is in, coming back to India, in a potential conflict situation with India. They are both nuclear armed. We are, as the UN General Assembly is about to meet, we are in a situation where. The possibility of downward spirals, if I could put it that way, uh, have has increased.
0: Well, as one commentator mentioned over the weekend, uh, everybody's got their guns pointed at each other, and the fingers are on the trigger now. So uh, one false move, and you're right, we could be in a very precarious situation. Well, the LA, Secretary we'll...
1: General has said we are one miscalcula- miscalculation away from Armageddon, nuclear at, well, annihilation.
0: He's... And he's not overstating that either. We'll watch with great interest to see what's going to happen over the next week or so. Elliot, as always, thank you so much for this. Really enjoyed our conversation today.
1: Uh, thank you, Bill. It's it's a gloomy way to start the week, but it is. Yeah, that's the
0: news. Exactly. Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science at Carleton University. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.